episode one will work for a cheese plate. Welcome to the Adventures in Lollygagging podcast. I am your, uh, I guess host isn't the right word. I guess GM would be the right word. This is an actual play podcast. For, uh, we're going to be using the Zavai Hander rule set. It's a rule set uh, by Grim and Perilous Studios. Uh, so I'm Jeff. I'm your GM. Uh, I've got six players uh, eager to join in. Uh, and by eager, I mean not at all eager. Uh, and I'm going to start uh, a brief introductions. Uh, so uh, if you could give us uh, give us your name, your like your real name, give us your character name, and, and then that's it. We'll, we'll we'll describe and talk about your characters uh, in a more organic way. So over to my left. I am Melissa, and I will be playing Zofia. I'm Ashley, and I'm going to be playing Emily. My name is Keith. I'm going to be playing Bruno. I'm Long, and I'm going to be playing Chovy. Josh here. I'm going to be playing Bayer. I am Dustin, and I'm playing Irwin. Going with the Dustin. Did you do that last time too? Yeah, okay. All right. All right. All right. We have a nickname for for Dustin. Should I? Should we call you Dustin uh, on the podcast? I'm gonna call you Dustin. Oh God, no! What? It's gonna be weird. Uh, this, 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 what have I done? Do you want to redo your intro? Do you want to redo it? Sure. No, it's too late. He's <laughs> Dustin. Too late. Dustin. He's yeah. Dustin. Dustin. It's recorded. Oh God, it's, it's recorded. Ruined. We never use his real name. No. Uh, Okay. Right, we do like half We've already half. lost Melissa. Melissa's gone. She's out. She wants to cut. No, there's no cutting. This is this is going in. This We're live. In. Yeah. When you get on. So there, a little behind the scenes, we have recorded three episode ones. <laughs> <laughs> this is our fourth episode one. We're bad at this, as you'll see very soon if you haven't figured that out already. Uh, the other thing we're really bad at is following proper rules of an RPG, which we're probably not going to do right at all. Uh, but if you are a Zviander player, if you read the books, if you know a little bit about the rule set and you, you hear us doing something wrong, you want to correct us, please, by all means, uh, give us a contact. Uh, we'll drop some basic socials and all that kind of nonsense at the end of the episode. Uh, but for now, let's, uh, let's settle in and let's play some frickin' Zviander. Uh, all right. So, you ready? Still it. Okay. All right. Yeah. Do we need to do like the whole motorboat thing to, to warm up again? Because <laughs> no. we were motorboating to warm up. I mean, uh, Dustin, it's a it's a it's a <laughs> tried and true practice in uh, in yeah in, in theatrics. Okay, so we uh, are going to start off uh, in the port town of Weishaven. Weishaven is a port town to the capital city of the Rhine monarchy, which is known as Occitan. So Occitan is a little bit further upriver from Weishaven. Weishaven is on. Uh, what's called the Thorn Coast. Uh, it's a coast. It's a kind of oceanic coastal town uh, known a lot for shipping, uh, kind of up and down the river, but also has like these these deeper ports uh, on its coastal side. Now, our crew uh, has been uh, has been working in this particular city. Nothing particularly fancy. Uh, we have a bunch of middle class and lowborn folk here. There's no one really fancy uh, in our group. And they've been doing basic labor. They've been doing a lot of work down by the docks. They've been doing some some basic merchant uh, merchant marine stuff here and there, kind of doing some barge shipping up and down river. Uh, nothing particularly fancy. They've been working primarily for a company called the Plumhawk Trading Company, which I often refer to as just a PHC. Uh, and if you think of the Plumhawk Trading Company, they're kind of kind of like a weaker East India trading company. We're in a relatively uh, middle aged medieval, maybe near Renaissance kind of uh, kind of age. A little bit of gunpowder, still, still some knights and heavy armor and chainmail and stuff going on. Uh, so they've been working for the Plumhawk Trading Company, but they have not been working in any grandiose 
fashion. They've been doing it for basic brass shillings, maybe a silver or two from time to time, until recently when they have fallen on some some down luck for reasons they're not entirely sure. Whenever they head down to the docks every morning to try to get a new gig, a new assignment, a new temporary, uh, new temporary job, uh, the jobs get handed out, but they just they just don't get picked. Now, on the bright side, one of this member, one of these members, uh, happened to kind of stumble across uh, a missive on one of the previous adventures, a missive that had the name of a local shipmaker, or at least former shipmaker, by the name of Master Harold Zeiger. And uh, that is where we're at right now. We are currently just outside of the town of Weishaven, outside the abode of Master Harold Zeiger, as this small crew has been recruited uh, to, to perform said service. So just to paint a little picture, uh, you are on the north bank of a relatively, relatively rough river. Uh, you've got, looking ahead of you, a fairly modest home a uh, single story. It's got a kind of a, about three foot tall stone wall fence kind of surrounding it. Um, you can see that it backs up onto this rushing river. Uh, you can see it occasionally, a couple couple boats moving past here and there. Uh, you can see uh, kind of as you curve around the outside of this wall, uh, there's all sorts of half completed rowboats. Uh, there's lumber that seems to be in the state of either in the state of repair or being cut or being bent in such a way. It definitely seems to be the home of a person uh, who still is doing some sort of boat building. Nothing fancy. Uh, probably something that maybe just a person might use for a rowboat to cross the river or maybe a local fisherman might just kind of go out to get a catch for his family or her family. Um, but nothing nothing particularly fancy. Um, and as you, uh, as the lot of you, as the five of you, sans Bruno... We'll get into him in a minute. Uh, walk up uh, to the actual door and knock on it. You wait for a moment, and eventually the door opens up, and you see the five of you standing before you in this hallway. It's about a, a four-and-a-half-foot-tall, heavy-set gnomish man. Uh, got a fairly heavy mutton chops, this kind of kind of wiry, wet straggly hair kind of hanging down uh, down his sides. A little bit of a receding hairline. Not the most attractive individual in the world. And as the door opens up, he says, Can I help you? The lot you requested is finally here. Oh, it's... Oh, you... Right. Um, friends of uh, Bruno, are you? Yes, that's right. Right. <sighs> Okay, um, why don't you, uh, one, five, five, one, two, three, seems to be tr- trouble counting, uh, five, five, there's five of you, okay, uh, alright, follow me in, um, any you've got mud on your boots or something, make sure you cake it off before you come in, Mr. Zeigel is not particularly keen, people tracking mud through his home, uh, but in you go, come on, come on, and so, as you all take your turns, you know, scraping your boots uh, along uh, along the ground right before you go inside that front door, you enter into this house. It's it's very dark. Uh, there's it's middle. It's, even though it's midday, there's just no windows in the sort of open entryway. The shutters are drawn. Uh, no lamps seem to be in uh, seem to be on or anything like that. 
Uh, and he just seems to be leading you uh, further into the house until you are dropped into some sort of some sort of small study and you can see there's already another individual sitting uh, in what looks to be a relatively rough spun brown uh, couch and Keith why don't you tell us what Bruno looks like who's sitting on this couch uh, Bruno's sitting on the couch he's uh, not too tall five foot five inches below average now when you say he's five foot tall is he five foot tall while sitting down or is he like <laughs> no no, definitely, definitely that short. Okay. Very corpulent, 212 pounds, very fat. Um, he's clean cut though, dark brown hair, medium brown skin. That's mm. actually backwards. Medium brown hair. His dark skin's backwards? brown skin. <laughs> sounds, sounds horrifying. <laughs> very nice tan. He's lived, lived in the city for a long time. He's a lot of sun out here. But uh, yeah, I mean, you see him. He's, he looks like someone who can, who can fight. He's got some weapons on him. But, uh, yeah, he's sitting there waiting for the rest of his party to arrive. And, yeah, you see them one by one start uh, start lumbering in. Uh, the room itself has a handful of places to sit, but not enough for everybody. Uh, so the couch that, that Bruno's sitting on is probably room for maybe maybe one or two other people. Uh, and then you look that there's a like kind of a leather chair in the corner, and then there's a desk behind which... Uh, is another seat, which clearly none of no none of you should probably go sit in that. That would be really strange and inappropriate. Uh, but as you as you come in, um, you you hear the gnomish man uh, as you all funnel past him as he stands at the doorway. Well, I'll um, I'll fetch Mister Zoya, and uh, if you'd be so kind, don't touch anything. Um, don't uh, don't wander. Uh, Mister Zoya is a very private man, and. Um, Okay, just uh, hang tight, and he disappears uh, right in front of your eyes. Like just the invisibility potion is gone. Now he just turns around, and he walks uh, in a different direction away from the front door. So is anyone sitting next to Bruno? Yeah, I'm gonna waddle up there, try to get a spot. Okay. So, uh, so who? What does Chovy look like? It's Chovy. So Chovy's a young halfling. He's dark brown hair, dark brown eyes, fair skin, but he's only three foot eight inches and forty pounds. Forty pounds. <laughs> 40 pounds. It's a wonderful juxtaposition of the very corpulent Bruno right next to Chovy. We fit perfectly. I feel like your bicep <laughs> or your thigh probably weighs more than, than well, Chovy does. I mean, you're probably right. Yeah, you probably work out. Yeah. Hey, it's perfect. She's sitting on the couch. He's sitting on the couch with me. Excuse me. Yeah. Because uh, we might break if there's too many big people. Wait, is Chovy female? No. Nope. I, I, I said he after. Okay. I wasn't sure. Okay. All right. So. Chovy just sounds like a female name. I'm sorry. Is it short for anchovy? Did it I ask you this already? Yeah. It's very clever. It's very clever. <laughs> Anchovies are small. Okay. Uh, okay, so because you've got Chovy sitting on the couch, that means there's another person. There's another space for somebody else. Anybody want to ask? I want to go. Emily around. will go pop herself in between them. Okay, so what does Emily look like? Uh, Emily. Emma, I'm sorry. We should, we should, we should, Emma Lee. Emma Lee. Okay. My name is Emma Lee. Uh, she's super short. She's 5'2". Um, she's 102 pounds. She's got light brown skin, um, hazel eye, um, and uh, also light brown hair. Um, she spends a lot of time outside, so it's sort of sort of some bleached. Um, and she generally tends to wear uh, a lot of wraps. She does get into quite a bit of scuffles, so she's always injured or something. And uh, yeah, she just kind of leans over to Bruno, and she goes. What kind of nonsense did you get us in? Have you seen how creepy this house is? It does look pretty creepy. 
but we need the money, don't we? We haven't had jobs for weeks. How bad? I think bad enough to go here. Now, time to do something. The really kind of odd thing is like, as you're kind of peeking, when you're peeking, you know, here and there, walking down the hallway, looking into rooms, like some of which, this is not a very well-kept house. Uh, like you look around and either everything's just sort of, like you pass by like empty rooms. There's like very little furniture. Like this, this room that you're in, this study, has more furniture than the three or four rooms that you passed along the way. Um, and you don't hear any voices, despite the fact that it sounds like there's voices. Uh, you, uh, we'll, we'll say the window's open, uh, and that's why we can hear the river still rushing, uh, rushing past us. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's kind of strange. There's no, there's really nothing on the walls, like no, no kind of artwork, no nothing to signify anything. It's, it's almost like it's an empty home. It's like, it's like a person who bought a house, you know, in real life and realize that it's way too big for them and they don't have nearly enough stuff to move into it. And that's kind of that thing going on right now. Uh, so it's a little, little peculiar. No, like family portraits or nothing? Nothing. Blank. No, just totally blank. Uh, and you saw, you know, saw the guy kind of wandered off. I like the Noish man. He's a little, he's, he looks a little odd. He's got, looks to definitely, definitely has this, uh, probably probably drank a few, maybe maybe lived a hard life. Uh, you're not really, you can't really peg an age. Um, he didn't give a name. None of you asked, uh, but he didn't give a name. But you got the you got the feel that he's some sort of he's he's definitely a servant. Not a you, you know Harold Zeiger to be human, so uh, definitely not a relative of any of any sort. Uh, so there's still like another chair. There's this leather leather chair sitting in the back next to an empty bookcase. There's nothing on this bookcase. Um, does anybody want to take that seat? There's still three people you know, lingering around. Instead of taking the seat, I'll go stand awkwardly next to the bookcase. Okay. What makes it awkwardly? Uh, I just I start to lean up against the bookcase, but I don't because I don't want to touch anything. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of like leaning back, but I'm not really leaning back. I'm just not really sure what to do with myself. I don't want to touch anything because mm-hmm. they said not to touch anything. So. And what, uh, what does Erwin look like? <clears throat> Erwin is uh, ebony-skinned, uh, about five foot eight, slender. Uh, has a very large hat on it kind of even makes it more awkward that he's wearing this hat inside and he didn't take it off yeah he's kind of always used to wearing the hat and not taking it off just a tiny bit of chestnut hair sticks out of from underneath of it uh light brown eyes slender so is it like a tricorn hat you know you know what i mean when i say tricorn hat like, yeah okay. it's kind of like okay. that okay right on yeah yeah, yeah. i'm getting a picture so as you as you kind of get ready to lean against like uh, the, the actual bookcase maybe maybe one of the things you also notice is the fact there's a lot there's like a nice very clear layer of dust as if no one's really kind of clean this in a while i think it's just sort of there right uh and so yeah there's still that one chair and i feel since there's two people left this is when we should probably start doing our first combat we should probably roll for initiative <laughs> and the, the one who lives gets the chair oh man it's like musical chairs yeah you don't make it to the chair get kicked out okay are you going for it bear oh, you bet your ass wow Wow. Okay. All right. So what does Bear look like? Uh, Bear, he's a real mountain of a man. Uh, Six foot two, 253 pounds. Uh, Brown skin, ash blonde hair. He's kind of rough on the edges, kind of outdoors man. You can Mm. really tell. Calloused hands. Sure. Chest hair showing. A little dirty. uh, We said in one of our previous episode one recordings that uh, does he actually look like the brawny paper towel guy? Uh, Is that canon? If he had... Brown skin, yes. Okay, okay. <laughs> very, very tan. So, okay. you, have the, uh, you have the white hair too. Yeah. 
Ash blonde. Yeah, that too. So I, I did actually have a beaded mustache as well. Uh, okay, right that. on. Is there like specific color to the beads or anything like that? Uh, yes, red wine. No. <laughs> Very patriotic <laughs> for a, a country that doesn't exist in this world. Okay. Uh, so between you, beads, between you and Bruno, who, who who's weighs more? Because I know you're bigger, but he's two hundred troll, buddy. Two fifty three. Oh, oh um, I'm old guy. fat though. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> half a foot short. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that leaves uh, that leaves Sophia with nowhere to sit, and apparently no gentleman uh, will allow you to sit. Uh, but, I'll yeah. stand up, and I'll offer Sophia my seat, and then I'll go stand by the door. Okay. Sophia is actually fine. Sophia is a four foot nine gnome. She is pale, frail, ninety five pounds, with light brown hair and dark brown eyes. So okay. Sophia is a little bit less likely to be respectful of the don't touch things mm-hmm. so she's getting very close kind of nosing around looking at everything so, so the only can. thing you see that actually i mean like really like you're in a in a very plain room with just furniture and an empty bookcase the only thing that actually seems to have anything on it is the desk in front of you so there's a couple you know it looks like there's like an inkwell that's uh you know there and like a little map for maybe writing on and uh what looks to be some sort of Small honorific. You're not entirely sure what it is. It looks like some small wooden, wooden, uh, not sculpture, but some sort of you know, wooden display piece. Um, but that's about it. So imagine that Sophia sort of has her hands behind her back, so as not to touch anything, but is definitely leaning over, looking very carefully at things, okay. seeing if there's anything that can be read or you know, kind of any. Definitely being nosy. Okay. Well, uh, why don't we do our first completely useless uh, roll? Because this is just so mild. Uh, just go ahead and roll. Uh, give me. Go ahead and give me a trivial awareness test. Uh, so the way this works, uh, if you're unfamiliar with Zweihander, Zweihander is a D100 system. Uh, what this means is that what we do is we use a calculation that combines both the player's actual skill and a, you know uh, so it's usually somewhere between about 35 and 55 somewhere in that range uh, that's calculated during character creation and we add that to the you know we compare that to the difficulty and so in this case it's a trivial difficulty and that gives us their chance to, to be successful so so Sophia what uh, what is your uh, your score your base chance for uh, for this awareness test so awareness is perception. My perception is 47. And so 47, and then we take a look at trivial. And so a trivial test is uh, is quite easy. It's like it's incredibly easy, which means we get to add plus 30% to that score. And so that puts you at a total of what? 77. Which means now she's going to roll a D100, and if she rolls 77 or under, <laughs> which I'm taking from the look on her face that she did not do, uh, 77 or under, she would succeed. So what, in fact, did you roll? Exactly a 77. Oh, did you really? Which okay. Is... Which is technically a <laughs> yeah. critical success, I, I believe, because it's a 77. Yeah. So in Zyhander, whenever you roll doubles, like 77 or 33, it's a crit. Uh, if it's if you roll underneath your target number, so in this case, 77%, if she, if she would rolled under 77% and it was doubles, it would be a critical success. But if she rolled over 77%, failed, and also rolled a double, she would roll a critical fail, and she'd probably fall and like break her neck or something. Uh, but in this case, no, you, you, uh, you kind of lean forward and you see a folded up, you kind of, kind of tucked under what looks to be uh, kind of a, a rolled up scroll. You're not really sure. You think maybe a, maybe a map. It looks kind of like a little bit of a map. You can't quite make it out because it's not unfurled. Uh, but you do see a folded up, somewhat 
water-stained letter that has been torn open and there is a small red wax seal that seems to have been keeping it adhered shut. Uh, you don't really see anything else, but you do see that it's addressed to a Master Harold Zeigler. So, with that, a few moments later, uh, you, you hear some footsteps down the hall, uh, echoed by another set. And uh, first, the gnome comes in and says, uh, May I have your attention, um, Mr. Harold Zeigler? Um, and he sort of looks expectantly at all of you. I uh, stand up in respect. I realize that I still have my hat on and I quickly take okay. it off. And so at that point you see uh, a husky man, not Corbin, it's not the, it's not go crazy. He's no Bruno. Uh, a fairly husky man, um, older, certainly at least in their 60s, maybe older than that. Uh, looks a lot like Wilford Brimley. If you, do you know Wilford Brimley, the diabetes guy? Uh, Quaker no. Oats? Yes. You'd know him. Yeah. You would know him if you saw him. He's like, oh, I'm Wilfred Brimley. I've got diabetes. That guy, right? So he comes, he comes, he comes in, <laughs> and he's got what looks to be uh, decent clothing, uh, but definitely not like fanciful. Um, from what you know, Bruno of Harold Zeigler, he's not one who was born of any sort of aristocratic background. He, uh, <laughs> you know who he is. He just googled him. You definitely seen him and stuff. He was in the thing. Anyway, never mind. Sorry. So. Uh, but you see this man come in. He's uh, definitely balding, uh, gray hair, uh, white at the temples. He's got this big, uh, big, you know, mustache kind of hanging down the sides of his mouth. Um, and he kind of comes lumbering in. He's got big rosy cheeks like he's been out in the sun for a bit. It looks like he's been working, uh, in fact. And he comes sweeping past, uh, almost knocking over the gnome as he comes rushing into the, into the room. Uh, doesn't really say anything kind of looks at you all briefly and just you hear mm. and he kind of turns around and he sits uh and then as he sits he says uh, walter could you uh fetch us some uh, refreshment uh, while we get down to business uh yes sir and you see walter the gnome that you now know because none of you asked his name's very rude uh <laughs> he leaves the room uh to go fetch refreshments he's gonna get a cheese plate uh so he sits down, uh, and again, the only one here who, is, who has ever met uh, or had any sort of dealings with, with Harold Zagler would be Bruno, being a Vicehaven native. Um, you're not friends or anything with him, but you've, you've probably seen him on the docks or met him at some point. But he looks to you, and he says, um, this, is, uh, this here is the, uh, this is the lot you were able to collect, huh? Uh, yes, sir. These are the... Uh... I've worked with them before, and they're the best I know you in town. must not know many people. In, in town. I know better than not in town right now. No offense, guys. Right. Although, Emily, though, she's, she's very talented. We go way back. You see him look over at you, and he picks up uh, something out of his pocket, like out of his one of his shirt pockets, and he holds it up to his eyes, like his little monocle, as if he's, and he peers at you. Um, um, what happened to your hand? I was once in the military and uh, got injured, and now I'm no longer uh, enlisted. Um, I was, uh, well, I was in the Navy when I was a young boy. What, uh, where'd you serve? I always liked Navy boys. Uh, I served. Kind of, kind of looks a little. <laughs> like that was a little bit inappropriate, but. Uh, Emily has no filter. <laughs> Apparently. 
<laughs> you know, I served around, mm-hmm. uh, mostly near uh, Durer's Walls. Yeah, most likely, I would say, uh, for you, you probably... There's been a handful of fronts where the Rhine monarchy, which is the country we're in, has probably fought on. The most common place where military, at least anybody kind of within like non-naval types, would be on the eastern borders uh, with like this this wild place called the Evermores where it's just a bunch of like free people and they're expanding outward and trying to kind of take more land, just like an expansionist kingdom, essentially. That's more than likely uh, where I would say you probably have served somewhere in that area. Duria's Walls um, is more like a kind of half half dwarven town in the in the southern parts of the kingdom where it's on i would say that's also kind of on the borders of a fairly wild land so it wouldn't be it wouldn't be uh it wouldn't be impossible for you to probably have like spent some time uh down there as well kind of clearing out various ruffians or orcs or something like that that might have been marauding around um so uh but he seems mildly impressed if a bit put off by the <laughs> random uh, uh, <laughs> the random hit that you just put on him right there. Uh, doesn't probably not a guy who sees many people hit on him much anymore. Uh, but yeah, he uh, he notes it. Uh, he notes the the missing hand. Uh, doesn't note the other one that's got six fingers, which is that one's currently like tucked up on my hip. Okay, are you? Would you say that Emily is like at all concerned? Like, does she favor like one hand or the other? She try to like. Prevent uh, people from seeing it. Well, she keeps her hand that's injured because it's kind of cast in iron. Okay. Uh, and it's kind of a little bit of an unfair advantage in height uh, fights, but she pretends like it's just a stub, and uh, she's keep, she keeps it pretty wrapped up. So that's about that. She doesn't really mind. She has six fingers on her right hand, um, and she doesn't really mind if people notice. But it does prompt some weird questions so she usually just always has it kind of tucked up on her hip when she's talking to people okay okay so he continues to scan the room a little bit uh and his eyes land uh as he's still looking at the couch and he sees he looks right at chovy and then back to bruno and he says um i didn't think children were appropriate for this um this job oh chovy's the best in the business Best oh. child in the business. Oh, no, not a child. Not a child. Yeah. My twin, like almost a teen. Not really selling your case there, Chovy. <laughs> <laughs> I might look short, but I'm a half one. It's, it's my genetics. You are quite possibly the tiniest living thing I've ever seen in my life. And I've had two kids. It's quite malnutrition, maybe. The pants. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. None of iron in your diet. <laughs> no milk for Joby was wrong. Okay. Joby, uh, Joby's one of the best rat trappers I know. She will help us. She can help us. I don't know why I keep calling her she. He can help us, uh, you know, catch anything we need to or help us set up traps. She's the best. Joby, do you have something you need to tell him? Yeah, you think you're mistaking me for my partner. And I pull out my ferret. Okay, I mean it's. I mean, this is really an inappropriate place to do that. Uh, <laughs> no, but you pull out. You have a little ferret that kind of runs out, uh, runs out of, <laughs> underneath <laughs> your coat or something. I hope. Where do you keep your ferret, by the way? Just in my coat, yeah. Okay. Just in pocket. Like right. <laughs> yeah, I've uh, I've got a I've got like a loose bet that it's going to take probably two episodes before that ferret's dead. Uh, whenever I give Long a pet, especially one that's a rodent, it dies very very shortly thereafter. Probably going to drown. That's the we might do a pool. Anyway, 
he seems confused and he's like, I don't see what a rat catcher has to do with it, but if you say so. Kind of continues to look around, settles in a bit on Bear, kind of looks him up and down, nods quietly to himself, doesn't say anything, continues to sort of look over the people. Do anything for you? You can just keep quiet. And he keeps quiet. looking around, focuses a bit on the, the the buccaneer sitting or standing by his bookcase. Doesn't really seem to be too too put off by you as well. Settles over at Zofia. <sighs> Skewing a bit young, all we brew now. No, she's just a little like this one over here, Toby. So at this point, after he's sort of scanned uh, he sits down, and moments later, uh, Walter comes back in with a tray uh, of what looks to be some sort of pitcher and a series of these small like wooden cups. It's it's really not fancy. Um, plops it down on the, the actual desk right in front of him and begins to pour with no amount of delicacy whatsoever and very easily spills it onto the desk. And when this happens, like you just see... Master Harold Zeiger just kind of stares at him. Like, well, a, a bit of decorum, please. You're embarrassing me. And then, I'm sorry, 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 mister. And he continues to pour. And he starts handing it out uh, to anybody. Is anybody taking a drink? Sure. Absolutely. Okay. Of course. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Right. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Just grunts. He goes back, hands, keeps handing them out. Uh, there's also a wonderful cheese spread. Just all sorts of this wonderful, wonderful hard cheeses. No, there's none of that. It's just a drink. And so at that point, um, he stays in the room, in fact, and just kind of steps off to the back, standing behind uh, where where Harold Zeiger is staring you. So is it uh, just you two that live here? I thought there was a wife. And uh, go ahead and just go ahead and give me a quick awareness test. Uh, this will be trivial. Rolled a 16, so that's pretty good. Okay, so yeah, you, you definitely succeed. And the wince that you see Walter, who's standing in the corner behind Harold Zeiger, make is unmistakable, as if you just really said like the wrong thing. Yeah, we came in, uh, Walter here said uh, she wouldn't appreciate it if we made a mess, but it doesn't look too I, I said, up I said he wouldn't appreciate it. Oh. And so at this point, kind of tired of this strange little impasse, uh, this little faux pas by Bear, um, Master Harold Zeigler speaks up and says, My wife passed away some years ago from childbirth. I can't tell which voice is which, by the way. I think they're just the same person. It just This might be a case of just multiple personality. But anyway, we'll go with it. But she died many years ago from childbirth. Thank you for bringing up such a wonderfully painful memory. My apologies. <laughs> so he shakes, he kind of shakes his head, uh, sort of ruefully, uh, pulls tufts on his mustache a little bit, smoothing it out uh, somewhat, takes a long swig uh, of whatever it was drinking, this big old head froth shows up on his mustache, sets it down, swipes it off with his, his sleeve, coughs a little bit, clears his throat, and he says, right, I don't got a lot here to have you all do a bit of a job. Bruno here says that 
you all can be trusted. And despite my perhaps hesitation, I also feel I can trust Mr. Bruno. Are you all familiar with the labour colonies in Bockner's Ruin? Yes, I am. So the re- rest of you can go ahead and just make a go ahead and just make a. We'll call this an easy folklore test. I have uh, forty-eight percent plus. Easy is twenty. Easy is twenty percent. So that's sixty-eight, and I rolled an eighteen. Okay. Any other successes? Yeah, I got a sixteen as well. Okay. Bruno lied. <laughs> uh, I was gonna let you have it, but if you wanted to roll, that's fine. Yeah, I was gonna give it to you. It's not not that big a deal. Six, yeah, at least one person's gonna be successful. That's all that matters. Anybody fail? Yes. Anybody yes. critically fail? No. Okay. Yes, I did. Did you critically <laughs> yes, fail? Yes, I got a sixty-six. So I like to think this is when you speak up and you try to like you're totally confident with exactly what it is, but what you start describing is something absolutely nowhere remotely close to what. Bachman's ruin actually is. And so what is it um what is it Emma Emily says at this moment, Ashley, as I put you on the spot? Emily, she just kinda perks up a little bit and she goes, Well, one time, uh, when I was in the, the tavern back at home, back at uh, Durr's Walls, I was talking to this dwarf and he was telling me and he says that it's uh like this forest and there's this lake in the center and there's this woman and she likes to sleep in the lake occasionally and then she starts to like get quiet as she notices like his face is just kind of like what are yeah you it's getting about? red like he's like holding in like, just a, a great amount of consternation and she's like i'll just i'll stop now i never knew that's what it was well that's not what it was oh. Fine. Bachman's Ruin, for those of you who are uninitiated, is a uh, territory off to the northwest, past the White Sea, where our Grand Monarch has decided, in their infinite wisdom, that we should seek new colonies and in order to lay the groundwork for said colonies. Various debtors and dissidents and exiles have been tasked to some hard labor. I am a bit embarrassed to say, but if any of you know anything about me, you've probably heard the rumors. I have two children, Gabriel and Madeline, who were sentenced to such time in the ruin. This was the better part of four years ago. And, um, well, I don't have to tell you too much how difficult three to four years worth of hard labor a great distance can be to a family. But circumstances being what they were, it was pretty much the best result the family could have hoped for, be that as it may. What's of concern to me now is, well, 
the affairs, the state of my children. I have in my possession, and he pulls out this letter that you had noticed, uh, Sophia, on his desk. Uh, he kind of unfolds it. Doesn't really, doesn't really show it any at first. Puts that little monocle back, uh, kind of crunched beneath his his eye and his eyebrow, and he reads over it to himself, mutters a few words out loud here and there, uh, and then he hands it over to Bruno, um, who I imagine reads through it and passes yeah. it along, and one by one, everyone kind of just like kind of quickly reads through it. My daughter has sent this, and apparently, as you can tell, and it's probably like halfway through everybody while he starts talking, so not everyone is probably up to speed. As you can tell, her allotted sentencing has concluded, and despite her ability to return to Lysaven or Hoxton or wherever she sees fit to live, she has chosen to remain not because she cares much about the success of the colony but as you can see apparently my son my wonderful such silly gullible son has gone missing she doesn't know where he's at and if you read her words carefully there are apparently considerable dangers, as you might expect, when you try to colonize in a place that's known for the ruination of any who have traveled there before. Now, I am not a young man. I am not one who travels well. I am not one capable of sitting a horse, a wagon, sitting on a ship or just walking but the travel to Bachman's ruin is considerable and Walter here no offence Walter I barely trust to fetch refreshments for the rest of you so I'm looking for a group of individuals desperate like yourselves willing to aid my daughter in the hunt for my son because apparently the very wardens who work at this colony are either unwilling or too cowardly to do what must be done so from what Bruno has explained to me you lot are not particularly well thought of at the moment by the powers at bay down by the docks the Plumhawk Company from what I hear doesn't much care for your services which means I believe you have some time to fill in need of work do I have the lay of the land accurately yeah they've been keeping us dry I was about to go take on anything even prostitution he looks at you again much like he looked at emily when I, when emily hit on him just what shelby is a joker and then he looks over bruno bruno uh, covers his his, his face kind of a little bit 
It's a market for everything, you know. I, I think we're getting a little off down, task, but I do agree. Like he, we are down for the work. And he and look, Chobi, he doesn't say anything. Like he won't say anything bad. He won't tell anyone anything. That's why I picked him. He just and he just again As, takes a deep breath. His face red. Well, go ahead. What do you say? I uh, apologize for our group's um, dynamic. We are not always as serious as we should be. We try and make light of how close we are to not having any food at the moment. We thank you for your uh, chance to better ourselves at this point. Bruno, this is my son I'm asking you to go for. My daughter I'm asking you to go aid. Are you sure? I will keep Chobi away from your daughter. Oh, oh, okay, Walter. Do we have a second group we could pull in? Is there another option? Did you check home advisor or whatever? Walter just sort of shakes his head, shrugs, doesn't really know. He looks at Joby and's like, "Dude, come on, kind of look, you know." It was okay. just a joke. Come on. So was uh, the son the younger one or the daughter? My daughter was the oldest, the firstborn, Gabriel. Two years later. Okay, so and it's okay. with his birth that our dear wife had complications. The midwives were unable to contend with. Be that as it may, we'll do our best to retrieve and protect the rest of your family. So, at this point, he like again takes a really big gulp, like like a child goat he like almost not picking it up with two hands but picking it up with one just takes this really long swig probably like I can't believe <laughs> I can't like I like to think in his mind he's thinking I've really fallen this far have I I have to collect this group to do an important task okay and so uh, then he sets it back down and he says fortunately uh, the ruin is uh, is not entirely penal uh, there are others uh, who can come and go uh, from the colonies as the, uh, as the monarchy seeks to make a more um, established settlement. So finding your way into shouldn't be too difficult. We won't have to conjure up some sort of criminal background, but judging by some of you, I would imagine that wouldn't be too difficult. However... I have uh, an additional concern. Um, for the past few years, I have been in semi-constant contact with an old friend working nearby, not in the colony itself, but had a place nearby called Edgar's Key. It's off to the northwest. It's frigid, cold almost even, but... Um, he, um, well, he could. Well, he would check in on them. He would ensure that they were doing well, being properly cared for. Um, and I would hear from him perhaps once every four to six months or so, whenever he was able to. My last contact with him was at um, 
my daughter was doing well working working at the Abbey's Beet Farm and my son had joined uh, had joined the foresting crew and they seemed repentant for their crimes they seemed comfortable with their lot in life and although I haven't spoken with them or heard for them but for this letter from my daughter all this time at the very least I had that bit of solace so um, getting to uh, the ruin I'm sorry to say I can't can't afford any particularly fanciful travel but if you take care of your I can certainly take care of rations and basic uh, basic needs and tools perhaps a cart and a small work animal but beyond that I can't uh, offer much more but what I can offer is a bit of wage now and a bit of, bit of wage on the return or notification that uh, my son is safe we will of course send with you a bit of spending money as you can tell from my not so extravagant home we are not as wealthy as we once were so I would recommend as soon as you are able make preparations for travel and I would plan some sort of route to the quay and there look for a man by the name of Richmond Ungerer. It's amazing how quietly everyone's trying to write stuff down. They don't want it. It's okay. It's all right. It's fine. I'm just say sidewer. Ungerer. You know what? I'm sorry. You're not allowed to say names. That's the rule. <laughs> Keith, every time, every time Keith says a name, it's wrong. Just assume it's wrong. Okay. So he settles back for a moment, kind of looking expectantly, like as if might be questions or something we could be ready by the mower how many days Tomorrow. do you reckon it would take to get there um no not travel there myself um best to perhaps ask around a bit see if you uh inquire from what i understand um if it's on foot head north out of the town it might take somewhere a week week and a half maybe depending hasn't quite snowed yet so it's not winter so that should help do you perhaps have a map or uh, some kind of best travel direction to get there the easiest as far as I know it's coast full of the coast northwest at a certain point it'll stop Mm, I think that's where the key is. And he just lives on the key. I believe it's a small village town. They got a ferry there. Oh, okay. From what I know, he runs a lighthouse. I think. If you don't mind, could we get a description of your children, as well as Unger, Mister Unger? 
<laughs> Ungerer, but that's fine. No, no. Hey, that. Hey, you got the first two syllables down, so that's that's definitely progress. Uh, so uh, my son, sorry, my son, he's uh, five foot eight. About yeah. Black hair. It's long. Middle Can't, of his back now. I don't. Again, it's been three, four years. But last I saw, he had. Scraggly beard, but he also had been in jail for some time at that point. And they didn't allow us to clean him up for trial. But um, yeah, my daughter, even shorter, curly hair, chestnut, big, broad smile. Growing up, she was such a sweetheart. Though it's a bit infuriating sometimes how frequently she apologizes for things that are nary a fault. But. Uh, how much uh, How much longer do they, they both have in those sentence? It took some doing, but we got their sentences down to 36 months hard labor. So, it's been over three years this point and although my understanding is that some choose to stay in the colony having established some sort of life some sort of freedom um, I never believed that that's what they would do and from what this letter suggests that's not what she wants to do so <laughs> yeah so how long ago did you receive that letter yeah this was just a week ago perhaps no offense but I tried inquiring about more mm, well seasoned adventurers but I am on a bit of a budget I believe this is a perfect marriage. You all need the corn, measly though it might be as a sum, and I need people desperate enough to do this job. Thanks for understanding our situation and providing the necessities to complete the job. Make sure you document in invoice or, or, of your various goods and services needs deliver them to water here and as best we can we will provide some sort of reimbursement on top of basic wage I'll keep that in mind will Richmond be rich mutt rich mutt yes like a dog we used to call him muddy back on the ships that makes more sense Would will Richmond believe that you have sent us along to him is he a I will certainly send correspondence will... with you with my seal and signature perfect thank you this isn't this isn't my first uh, well actually this is my first situation like he's come to think of it 
we'll go see if we can uh, get a route how to get up there as quickly as possible. Unfortunately, to answer your question before, Erwin, I didn't mean to ignore here, but cartography is not uh, it's not something I can much afford right now. But again, the coastline should do you good for most of the way. There's got to be someone amongst this group, right, Bruno, capable of guarding y'all. Oh yes, of course. Ah, uh, I'm quite capable in that aspect. And a, bit, and a bit arrogant. A lot letting a pilot. We've hit 45 minutes. I thought I had it muted, sorry. I won't be on tar the timer anymore. It's okay, it's okay. All right. So, uh, any other questions for... Is there anything, since we are traveling that way, that you would like to send with us, perhaps to deliver to your children? They're adults, you know. They're not like four or five. I don't got a box of candies or something. I just... We haven't spoken no. three, four. I just want them to be safe, is all I want. Okay. Just wanted to make sure you were getting the most for your expense in our travel in that direction maybe while you're traveling around town collecting various needs you can stop by a greeting card shop and grab one or two i missed a few <laughs> birthdays over the last few years i will get one of those missed you cards yeah. okay any other questions did you have a wait is there even like photography yet no, there's not protector. Like <laughs> no, 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 Okay, never mind. No, I think wasn't. I'm pretty sure like daguerreotype stuff wasn't until the 19th century, and this is this isn't like that. No. Okay. We're more like I don't know, 16th, maybe something like that, around there, kind of that. Gunpowder is kind of just started to like kind of funnel into the mainstream a little bit more. Like you definitely see wardens around town. Uh, many of them have a sidearm. Um, or when you've seen buccaneers carry them, it's not uncommon at all. Um, but it's still a little bit more expensive to maintain, so you have to be a person who can kind of afford to be frequently making gunpowder and stuff like that. So, but now there's no no photography yet. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Do you have a picture of that? <laughs> have you seen this boy? Pretty much. Uh, okay. No, no. Uh, if you, <laughs> I'll find a sketch. <laughs> I'll find the baby too. Give us your best sketch. <laughs> yeah. No, but you, you got a physical description of them, um, and you do your best. Okay. Uh, anything else you guys want to? That's it. Okay. So then you guys uh, take your leave. Um, uh, Walter leads you guys out, and uh, you are back outside and kind of working your way uh, down the river. Or, you know, towards the towards the bridge that takes you across the frothing hound, uh, or the hound, it's just sort of more commonly referred to, um, and oh. into the town proper. He said he had a cart. I was supposed to ask. Nope. Him. So you're already gone. You left. Nope. You had a chance. Nope. Can we nope. on this? Well, I mean, no. You you guys are traveling with. You know, stop by the next day or something. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. We should definitely uh, make sure to spend some time trying to figure out what we need to bring with us. Yeah. Um, we need to first find out how long we're going to be gone. So I will try and figure out the best way 
to get there and how long it will take by okay. asking around right. uh, so we can know what provisions we need to bring with us because we need to at least be able to make it there. Okay. Uh, and and what, is, what does everybody else want to do to try to just, just sort of some sort of basic task, either to collect goods or to ask around for directions or concerns or best routes, like you were saying, anything like that. Is there something specific you would want to maybe try to do at this time? Um, I want to ask Bruno if he knows what um, happened with his children, like why they they got sentenced. What would I know? That's Bruno. Huh. Okay, so um, this one, I would say this is probably, we'll make this, um, hmm. I think it's rumor. Am I I'm doing that correctly? I don't know. I get I get rumor and folklore. I've been doing folklore like it's uh, like knowledge local, like for like Pathfinder, Starfinder stuff. Uh, but we'll we'll make this rumor. So let's do. Um, this wouldn't be you. This is this wouldn't be oh, you, okay. Emily. If you're asking him if he knows, yes. if you're asking Bruno if he knows, yes. then I, would, I would actually be asking Bruno to do this. Bruno, let's just make it rumor, um, and let's make it a. Let's actually make it a hard. I failed. What? At a thirty-four percent chance, or a twenty-eight. So okay. minus the hard, which is what twenty percent, if I remember right. Uh, hard is twenty percent. That's correct. Yeah. So that now we do have we do have these wonderful fortune points. Uh, so if you're unfamiliar with Zweihander, what you do at the very start of every of every session of Zweihander, you add. I don't know, we we use like these little beads. I have, but you add one bead, one fortune point to the pool, uh, and then for each player, uh, not counting the GM, and then an extra one on top of it. So since we have since we have six players, we have seven in the fortune pool. And then if you ever want to like re-roll a fail, as long as it's not a crit fail, if you ever want to re-roll a fail. Uh, or if you ever want to get like an extra action point or want to roll like an extra damage die in combat, you can hand in a fortune point. But if you hand, if you use a fortune point, it comes to the GM, so it comes to me, and I get to, like I'm going to do right now, see if the mic picks it up, put it in my misfortune point pool. So now I can use it for very much the same reasons later to try and kill the players, which I will very much want to do. Especially Chovy, because Chovy is really... <laughs> Freaking me out, pulling out ferrets, talking about prostitution. <laughs> I don't want to know what he does. I'm getting, a, I'm getting a weird vibe. What's going on? <laughs> We're joking. What's going on? All right, we're just going to try and look. Like, I was going to call you Richie. Richie I've been in some tight places. Uh, okay. okay. Wait, what? That, that, that doesn't help. It doesn't help. Oh, my God. God just a rat catcher. Oh, God, phrasing, man. All right. All right, so try it again. That's a no. That's a no. Uh, so yeah, I would say you don't know, but that also is something you could potentially try to do. You can you could potentially try to ask around yeah. the town or something like that. Sure. All right. So uh, so we've got so just the we've got Irwin who's looking around town to try to asking around town trying to get like kind of best routes. Is that what you're saying? That like how long it's going to take sure. and what route would be yeah. the best. That kind so of like thing. we're kind of like loosely doing what's called like uh, like wilderness you know wilderness travel or like overland travel, which is which is makes sense because I think we're going to kind of slip into that. So you're kind of planning the route right now. Yeah. Uh, and so we'll have you do that. Uh, who else is doing something? Or uh, we know we know Emily is going to be doing some some rumor mongering. See if she can figure out a little bit more. Bruno will join her in that. <laughs> okay. Oh God. Okay. Sophia will actually join the route. Okay. The two of you all. Planning. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that makes sense. Both of you are, you know, with with Sophia being a boatman, uh, and. Uh, and Erwin buccaneer. being a buccaneer, yep. yeah, both of you probably know a little bit about navigating, at least by the stars. Yes. I mean, you're probably more used to water, but at the very least, you get you know your star patterns and stuff like that, sure. I'm going to ask a bear if he wants to come help me carry the rations and supplies. That... Okay. You guys going to go shopping? Yeah. Okay, right Can on. Use some stuff for the 
horse mule whatever's gonna be pulling it's gonna be, i think it's a dray or... horse it's the it's the cheap one that's really just used for like uh for like pulling stuff you're gonna get like a small two like so spoiler alert you're gonna get a small two-wheeled cart and it's really just gonna be for carrying goods because you guys are doing long you don't want to you don't want to carry that stuff on your back uh, that'll be pretty bad the, your encumbrance level will crank up uh, okay, so um, the two of you are good. So when I by the two of you, I mean uh, Chovy and uh, Bear. You kind of start heading to the market um, to see uh, what kind of what kind of travel. Probably keeping in communication somewhat with uh, with both Sophia and with Erwin because they're the ones who are kind of kind of know how long it's going to take. And by knowing how long it's going to take, it's probably going to give you a better idea of exactly how how much you would want. Um, so I would say why don't just for fun, because it's fun to roll dice. Um, why don't we just do a, a navigation check? Does one of you want to assist the other? Sophia will assist. So by assisting, I'm, I'm, I'm blind right now. Dice, right? Yeah. So assisting, so in certain things you can assist with rolls in Zweihander, and since when you roll a D100, you roll a D10 and a D100, we kind of, you, you kind of hand, you literally hand your die over to somebody else. And you have a skill point in it, right? Yes, I do. Okay, so yeah. I will assist you. I can't do that i don't have navigation so then we'll do that the other way around yes don't you need to have a skill yeah to assist you have to oh then i can't assist you i can't do anything all right so then i don't know what i'm doing okay then why don't you just why don't uh, you can still roll it wait it's flip the fail how are you a buccaneer without navigation uh flip the fail i have pilot Uh, okay okay so go ahead and roll uh, go ahead and roll. We'll make this. This is a standard check. This isn't too difficult. So right. go ahead and roll. You'll you'll flip the fail. Flip the fail, yeah. And then Sophia will just roll normal. So you can drive. You just need a GPS. Yeah. You know, even though they don't have photography, they do actually have GPS. It's right. <laughs> it's right next to the Hallmark store. It's pretty good. Nice. Yeah. Well, I failed both ways. Okay. So I needed to be below a 41, and I rolled a crit success 33. Okay. Uh, you know with so great you. confidence a few things. Uh, so you know, first of all, it'll take at the very least seven days. Like if everything goes well, it'll take a week. Um, uh, having the cart will certainly certainly help. Uh, but depending on weather and depending upon other conditions and such, uh, it might take a little bit longer. Um, other things you know is that essentially when you leave town going to the north you probably follow the coast for a while it's probably the best way to go but eventually you start climbing up into the foothills of the Egensal Peaks which is a very long uh, running uh, mountain range that sort of protects the northern parts of the Rhine and it sort of curts along the northern part the northwestern part of the continent and at a certain point you're going to go up into those foothills and that's when the path kind of disappears so there's not a real road leaving northward it's more just sort of a a a slightly worn down path here and there and that's where it gets a little bit more difficult to navigate a little bit rougher terrain uh, and you have to be a little bit more careful um there's also uh, kind of the blood pedal forest which is a bit to the northeast but you'll probably be able to skirt around that um pretty easily it's uh uh, it's it's not really on the direct route, so but you're you're pretty confident you can go seven days. Uh, you would probably say ten just to maybe get ten days worth of rations just to be safe. Okay, and so then let's do some rumor mongering. Um, what are you shaking your head about there, Bruno? I was looking at the prices of tents. And uh-huh. stuff like that. Yeah, it's ex- yeah, it's, it's a rough that's, uh, that's gonna be a no go for us. Yeah, just saying. Yeah, spoiler alert. Okay. Uh, so go ahead. Uh, let's see. We're gonna we'll do a rumor check. Uh, what did I say it was? Bruno already rolled and failed. Uh, it's hard. So hard. I think it was hard. Yeah. So let's do rumor hard as you kind of wander around town. 
So hard is minus 20. So I have a 45, plus I have a point of rumor, so 55. Nice. So I'm looking for a 35. Let's do it. Nice. And I got an 86. Now there's this wonderful, uh, I think I might have mentioned this already, there's this wonderful little cup here with all these little fortune points in it. Yeah. I like I'll to collect one. all the fortune points when you guys are trying to get information so that I have it when combat begins. And then we're doomed. And that's the best way to do it. Gotcha. I got a 68. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So information you're getting as you ask around, uh, some people actually just just call you out as being rude. Like it's just it's just flat out rude. What do you, what do you gossip is just not something that a, a, a good citizen would do. Others like they throw out strange ideas. I think I heard once, if I recall correctly, that that the the the, the woman what's her name? Uh, Michael. What was her name? Madeline. Yeah, I think I heard one time uh, that she took a donkey. And uh, she just ran it right in through the uh, uh, the Grand Monarch's chambers, just right in there. Wow. I would say you probably have like this guy's carrying like a big old bottle. <laughs> He's like laying down on the sidewalk. He's got like a paper bag around it, drinking it. Yeah, it's like a big big bottle of Saint Ives. Uh, yeah, but no, no, you're not. You're not really sure. You're not really sure. You're not really sure. Like you, you didn't. You didn't really collect any new information. So okay, so then, Mister Shoppers. Uh, so you doing some doing some haggling? We're gonna need to. Yeah, we gotta save every penny we can. Okay, so um, what are your fellowship bonuses? Out of curiosity, your FBs. Five. Okay. Looks like a three. All right, so you can basically, you know, if you kind of go around town and you do some basic haggling, meaning you can you can buy things at ninety percent price, so a little bit of a, of a discount. So, we can uh, we'll go ahead off air, figure out what you want to buy, and kind of yeah, work out. Just look like yeah, there's, there's a there's a ton, uh, there's a ton to do that. And so we'll worry about that later. Uh, okay. So then, is there anything else? Uh, you guys probably spent most of the morning uh, over at uh, Master Harold Zeigler's home, and then most of the afternoon going around making preparations um, to, to to leave. Is there anything else that you would probably look to do before before the day ends, knowing that you're probably going to return to Zeigler's house in the morning and get the get the hell out of Dodge. Just get a final drink in town. If anyone wants to join me. Okay. Of, of course. Of course, that's what Chovy says. Yes. So you don't want to do anything else tonight? <laughs> I don't think no, anyone well. wants to drink around Chovy. <laughs> no. Okay. Sophia will pen a letter. Okay. Do you have, uh, do you have any points in education? Well, let me take a look at my sheet. Is it here. education in this game? Yeah, it's a it's a it's a it's a special special skill. Yeah, sorta. It controls a bit. Generally speaking, how well you read and write, and languages, and all that kind of stuff. Oh right, no. I'm not saying you're illiterate. Just saying you're probably not the most skillful with words. So probably simple sentences, like big cart go. Nor <laughs> no, nothing like that. But like, yeah, it's not that great. So who who are you penning a letter to? Okay, I'm just sending a letter back home. Okay. Okay. Mysterious. All right. Indeed. All right. So you go and you get your your boozing up at the Batfish a little bit. Okay. Anything you want to do while you're there? Any carousing? Or anything? 
No, not really. Just. I just kind of want to look and see who's in the bar. Okay. Um, I mean, it's usual crowd. Uh, it's it's just a, a regular sa- a regular crowd on a Saturday, and the regular crowd <laughs> shuffles in. I just screwed up that lyric, but a couple of people got the joke. Um, and yeah, it's it's mostly dock workers. So you see, I mean, it's the, if you're at the Badfish Tavern, there's other places to go, but this is probably the one that you feel most comfortable in. Um, there's a little bit swankier uh, tavern, uh, kind of on the north side of town. You're in the sort of southwest side uh, near the docks, and uh, the Badfish is is mostly sailors and dock workers and that kind of stuff. Um, you see some people from the Plum Hop Company that are actually employed, um, and then you also see others that are just sort of contract workers like yourselves. Uh, people coming in and out, yeah. So, is there any anyone you're looking for particularly, or something you're looking to do? Do I recognize anybody like from interactions? Um. I would say, I mean, you, I would say you do, I mean, you definitely recognize faces. Uh, I don't know how, I mean, how, like, this is definitely your circle. Like, your group is kind of the people who have sort of the settled guy I together. There. No, uh, no. Uh, Tysonian, uh, he is <laughs> currently getting surgery uh, right now. Pity. You really, you really messed him up. You broke his jaw. So, yeah, no, he's not there. Uh, but you see some other people you've, 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 you've fought with a little bit. Bear probably just chat around, let some close people know that finally got a job after all this time. Okay. Yeah, no. okay. I'm not going to say like the specifics, obviously. Well, people are going to start asking that. Right, you got a job. You can do PHC, fine. It's great. It's great. Yeah, it's right. Yeah, sworn, sworn secrecy. Can't sworn too much. secrecy. Oh, Pretty serious. It's so, oh, wow. Yeah. No, come on. You can tell me. I'll, we'll, we'll be back in a week. And what? You'll be back in what? Okay. Alright, we'll be looking for you in a week. Then you're gonna tell me about when you return, right? Uh, we go yeah, way back, you. mate. We go we go yeah. back years. I'll tell you all the tales. We used to the, chop them trees yeah. together, you know? Oh gosh. So many trees. Just chop, chop, chopping them. Splitting logs, all that stuff. <laughs> you're really not gonna tell them. Okay. <laughs> Bear must really be planning this trip to go perfectly if we'll be back in a week. Yeah. <laughs> it's supposed to take us a week to get there. I don't know if Bear was paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> Bear was just kind of sitting there. There's the a lot of stuff going on. It's like, I really enjoy the cheese. He might want to renegotiate a contract. <laughs> Holding his gas list. a little bit. Okay. I misspoke. It's a week to get there. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't hear the rest of that. Well, he could just kept going. Uh, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, anybody else looking to do something? I'll mm-hmm. have one last beer of Chobi. Okay. I'll sneak his ferrets and breadcrumbs. Okay. All right. Uh, are you invoicing the beer? Because that's probably not going to be. That's probably not going to be covered. I don't think. <laughs> yeah. I don't oh, think he. Yeah. Master's well, we haven't started. Covered, right? <laughs> yeah, we haven't started the trip yet. No. Then we start doing it. The per diem doesn't kick in until yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. Right, but per diem usually doesn't cover alcohol. I can tell you that my <laughs> <Yeah>. per diem, <laughs> my job, never covers alcohol. <laughs> as much as I would love it to. <laughs> Funnily so. enough, the per diem I had one time, uh, if you chose to have, it would cover one alcoholic beverage. Ooh. Really? Yep. Walmart, man, yeah. is just. <laughs> They're down. Wow. Wow. Any man. price of that beverage? That's, uh, that's they amazing. they they paid for a complete meal, so yeah. We probably should say, oh, we're not uh, Walmart. No, <laughs> more like Walmart. Yeah. Okay. So you guys drink for a bit, and uh, and you have kind of a last kind of raise the glass to uh, to the Badfish Tavern, a place that you've been 
some of you, like Bruno, have been for almost your whole life you've been in the town. Others have been here probably a couple months, uh, maybe a year, kind of settled in. Uh, it was it was good while it lasted, um, but for whatever reason, whatever you did on your most recent job, just a, I guess you just didn't do a good enough job or you got a bad reputation or who knows, like, but you just kind of gotten froze out. Or maybe it was just bad luck, you know, just whatever happened. I'm going to go and sit out on one of the docks and just stare at this guy. Okay. Is Sasha in the bar? Not this one, no. No, no, no. This is not. Oh, this is too. So Sasha, so we've been playing these characters a little bit here and there, just kind of getting a feel for Zweihinders. We've been doing like these little mini, not entirely relevant to the bigger campaign plot adventures. And in one of their previous jobs, they had a very hoity-toity supervisor named Sasha who didn't much much care for them. But no, this is not. This is, yeah, it's true. This is not the place that Sasha would be drinking. No. no way. He's old as he. I kind of, as I'm sitting there and I'm like nursing my beer and I kind of turn to Bruno and I was like, you know who I really want to find and mess up a little bit? Who? That bloke, Sasha. He was all up in himself thinking he's better than us just because he's got, you know, fancy clothes. You know, I don't like men like that. Well, I mean, he is better than us. But I think it's is whatever he, really? he wrote in his book is what did us in. He was always taking he, notes. He's probably the one who screwed us over. I think so, because then we, we got back and we were blacklisted. Honestly, I think we were, you were far too honest with him. You should go beat him up. Nah, I'm just joking. Don't Believe tempt me. Not. I'm sorely tempted. Do you think he'd be up at that ritzy bar? I don't think we should get in any trouble before we leave. We got a reputation now. It's the perfect time to get What reputation trouble. do I even have? Beating people up, apparently. Apparently. Obviously. Well, I'm that. very great at what I'm doing. Maybe Bruno. we can do the beating up before we go, and then people will have forgotten about it by the time we get back. That's how it works. Mm. I'm sorely tempted. Well, here's the first problem with this plan, all right? If we're going to go to that fancy place, we, that means we have to buy something there while we wait out for Sasha. Do we, or do I just offer to off, uh, you know, hey, I could, uh, you know, do you have anything under the books? Do you guys do any fighting? You know, sometimes they like to watch that. Plus, small, cute little girl with a weird arm, you know, sometimes there's been weirder things. We throw Chovy into the mix. Chovy can go. Well, I'm not a fighter. No, 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 no. no. (laughs) That seems to be your specialty now. (laughs) No. I'm... I just, I don't. Sasha rubbed me the wrong way. Look, let's get this job done. When we come back, we can figure out what we're going to do with that little prick. Hmm. All right. A lot of beef for now. I don't want to ruin this job. I'm interested in finding Gabriel and Madeline. I've already put in a good word for you, so you know. Don't mess it up. Bruno, your words only go so far. And not very far. Went far enough this time. Yes, you're right. I think I'm going to give out uh, some corruption uh, for threatening or considering the threat of going and fighting and beating somebody up. I believe uh, I'll take it. I'm going to give I'm going to give three to three corruption to uh, Bruno. I think you're clear. You were you were arguing against it, so it'll be Emily. It'll be Sophia, and I think Bear seemed to be. He liked it too. He seemed to. He seemed to be. So like, who are we, who are we doing? I think yeah. Okay. Okay. He's. He's, you know, everybody's man. He'll he'll hop in or whatever. I, feel, I, I got vibes like you were cool with it. You're like, yeah, yeah. He is the muscle. Yeah. yeah. This guy was kind of an asshole. 
<laughs> All right. So okay. So it, corruption, by the way, is just something that we use uh, to sort of drain, you know, track like changes in alignment stuff. It's this little mechanic that happens at the end of kind of a long session. Uh, all right. So anything else? No, I'm, I'm pretty tipsy yeah. at this point. Like, yeah. So I think I think it's probably a good idea that we do some toughness chests to see uh, if anyone got intoxicated. Are you all familiar? Or arm wrestling or something. Are you all familiar with like how intoxication works? Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. It's uh, in chapter. Okay. Ooh. All right. So you guys have been drinking. I would say. Ooh, we say about three hours, four hours, maybe. I've, it's a solid right? four yes. hours. Okay. So like it, in in old Zweihander uh, in chapter nine under hazards and healing, there's this little. There's this little uh, section called Liquid Courage. And so for every hour you drink, you have to make a toughness test based on what you're imbibing with the difficulty becoming worse for each hour you drink. Uh, so this means that if you drank wine on the first hour, it would be a standard toughness test. If it, uh, the second hour, it would be challenging. Third hour, it would be hard and so on. So for each hour, that difficulty, if you start mixing different alcohols, assume the worst of the two or the more types of, of liquor uh, you drank. So failure results in intoxication, uh, whereas a critical failure results in becoming immediately incapacitated from intoxication, uh, you may always choose to automatically fail your toughness test to become intoxicated. Is anyone wanting to automatically fail and just go just go drunk? No. Oh, the dice is sorry. Okay. I want to try. Okay, so I'm gonna call it. Um, in, I'll, I'll probably put it on. Uh, I'll put I'll put it on routine because it's roughly it's it's not. Hmm. It's not good rot gut. It's not good wine or rot good. It's it's sort of cheap ale. So I'll put it at routine. So plus ten percent toughness test. Uh, so everybody's drinking. It's a good way. To I end would the first I episode. would say that I stopped after about two hours and went and set out on the dock. Okay, so you'll do the first two yeah. and then and then your bail. All right, so let's do hour one. Go ahead. Starts with oh, again plus ten percent. Oh no. Sophia has a critical fail. Oh, you <laughs> you get through your first beer and you're just clunk. Your head just slants. Very against, well. Really? Fat 99. Two crit fails? <laughs> oh, oh God. my God. The two of them just go out completely. Okay. All right. All right. So you guys are incapacitated from intoxication. Yeah, we Food should fight that one. guy, Sasha. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, how did the rest of you do? I was going to say it was a fortune point. You want to use a fortune no. point? <laughs> okay. I'll take the fortune point. All right. <laughs> Alright, I still failed. So remember, you can't use a fortune point for a crit fail. Right? Yeah, it wasn't yeah, because crits, crits are like the end-all be-all. If you ever get a crit fail, it's a crit fail. Alright, so... I failed as well. You failed one, yeah. okay, but two crit fails, one regular fail. I failed I as well. Okay, how about I ask this question? Did anyone pass? I so did. we got Emily. Emily. No. Emily's the only one. Alright. So... Uh, that wait, he still failed. Okay, so every hour you're doing this, so let's see. What do they say? Fair results in intoxication, critical results, so you are intoxicated. So while intoxicated, you gain, this is actually a benefit, which is, I think, pretty hilarious. You gain plus three to your damage threshold. So damage threshold is basically how much damage you can take before you actually start taking wounds. Uh, and so this would basically increase your damage threshold, which means as drunk, as you know, while being intoxicated, you can take more hits, which is really funny. Uh, you'll also immediately suffer some some peril. So you all are going to suffer. So those of you who are intoxicated, you're going to suffer as I'm rolling 3d10. Oh, that's a good. Oh, that's a good roll. 
Uh, 22 points of Jesus. physical peril. It's oh. a good roll. Oh my God. So, <laughs> do I take that? I pass. You pass. You're good. Okay. You're good. You're done. So here's a question. Okay. I'm I, probably not going to know the answer, but go. I have Dunderhead. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Plus that. one peril okay. and corruption down the peril track. Okay. So you said 22. So it's 22. So I immediately go... Three down, plus one track, <laughs> so I go four down, okay. all the way to incapacitated. Okay, so you collapse too. No looking at the stars tonight for you, sir. Uh, and all of you who are tox- intoxicated, you take one corruption. I take two. Yes. That includes the crit fail. Yeah. I didn't even have to crit fail to get incapacitated. That's how bad I am at drinking, apparently. Okay, so then there's a second, uh, so second hour. So Emily, this time it's uh, okay. So this time it is, uh, it is basically standard. Bruno, you're not incapacitated, so you're just intoxicated. So I'll you'll keep going. Yeah. So yeah. this time it's standard. I keep going. If so you critical I'm... fail, you're incapacitated. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Go straight to incapacitated. Ooh. Okay, so brawn forty five plus ten, so fifty five plus standard says plus nothing, so fifty five. Mm-hmm. And I rolled an eighty-four. Hey, there's all look. At, there's still a couple fortune yeah. points. I love how we're using fortune points just to get drunk. I'm good to be drunk. Okay, that's fine. Nothing wrong with being drunk. I passed for a ten. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I failed, so I want to use the fortune points. <laughs> You're ridiculous. Okay, all right. Be using fortune points to avoid getting drunk. Nice. I got a four. Okay, all right. And then finally, for the third hour, this time, uh, it's actually going to be challenging. So it's minus ten percent to your rolls. What a do I do you roll for me because I didn't fail pass? Oh, you're intoxicated now. Yeah. All right. Twenty three points of physical peril and a Ooh. corruption. Oh. So I'm incapacitated. Okay, so you just pass out. Yep. Okay. I will be passed out after this next one. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna keep using those points. Are you kidding me? Just. Try to survive. It's like a drinking contest. Oh, no. I didn't make you it. Know, I'll use one, too. Oh, my God. This is ridiculous. There's no more fortune. One more. Oh, there's one more. Okay. Ooh. You guys are banned. 19. Okay. All right. So you do not become intoxicated. So you managed to... Yeah, I'm good. Unlike everybody else, it's, it's that extra corpulence that you have that probably helps, you know, helps with your, with your drinking. But everybody at the table, one by one, just drinks themselves to the point where they pass out and have to be quite literally thrown out onto the street at a certain point uh, in the evening by some of these these workers. Uh, now, what you all don't realize is about being intoxicated is that you, when you're intoxicated, you fall unconscious. Uh, well, actually, you, you cannot recover your parallel condition track for 25. I mean, see if I'm reading this right. If for some reason you're incapacitated while in, intoxicated, you fall unconscious for six hours. You cannot recover your peril condition track for 24 hours after being intoxicated as you suffer from a hangover. So oh, okay. it's going to be a rough day for you all. I'm yes. permanently it's incapacitated. Is that how that works? No, no, no. It's a good thing our two uh, scouts are both drunk. Okay. So anyway, morning comes. Uh, many of you find yourself. Uh, Bruno would be the only one with a home. You actually probably went home and slept, whereas everybody else is just thrown out <laughs> on the street or the beach. You left me there? <laughs> I don't know. I'll take uh, Toby and um, Emily. Okay. And so you all, at a certain point, <laughs> one by one. That sounds bad. You make your way. I'm a gentleman. Really, you. really hungover, <laughs> with the exception of Bruno. You made such a great impression on Harold Zeiger yesterday. 
uh, you guys are really take your job seriously. Is there kids, you know, like absolutely they would probably get a good night's sleep for that first day. But I like to think when you knock on the door and Walter Algram opens that door, you look about as worse as he, as bad as he does. And he, and he smells the booze. Like, oh, oh, are you all drunk? No, I'm fine. Bruno says. So, uh, Harold Zeiger, Walter Algram, they kind of point, they kind of take you out to where the, uh, the small two wheeled cart is little, little horse, little, little, little horse that you can kind of nice, beautiful gray. I don't know horses. Uh, it's gray. Let's say it's gray. I like gray. And, uh, you start loading up your various, your various goods and rations and everything that you piled up, some extra clothes, some extra items, etc. Um, and even though Harold Zeiger seems quite disappointed with the fact that the vast majority of the group is probably hungover right now and not looking great, um, he he looks to Bruno and he says, "I hope you, I hope you all, when push comes to shove, um, actually do the right thing." That is getting it out of the system now. So that way we can focus on the trip ahead good luck and he turns around and uh, he goes inside and uh, you all begin your journey northward and I think it's where we're going to end the night Hey, it's Jeff here. Just want to say thank you for listening to the first episode of the Adventures in Lollygagging podcast. Episodes two and three are available right now in the exact same place that you found episode one. So you've got no excuses not to go grab them right now and see what other adventures and shenanigans we're going to get into. Now, we're also planning to release a new episode every single Monday from now until the cold, bitter end. So stay tuned for more. Uh, now, if you've got some ideas on how we can improve our show, uh, starting with probably rules corrections, uh, or if you've got ideas on what we can do to make it better or what you'd like to see us tackle later on, uh, drop us a line on Twitter. Uh, I'm at LollygaggerCo, so that's L-O-L-L-Y-G-A-G-G-E-R-C-O. Uh, you can also email me at Jeff at LollygaggerCo.com, uh, or you can just go over to our website. We're at TheLollygaggers.com. We've put a lot of work into it lately, uh, and you can get all sorts of information there, and you can also get the episodes from there as well. Now, if it wouldn't be too much of an imposition, and I know you hate hearing this, everyone hates hearing this kind of stuff, but consider subscribing, right? On whatever podcast app you prefer, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and all of the others, because there's so, so many. Uh, Any kind of reviews or likes or ratings or stars that, that you can provide us, whatever metric that your app uses, really definitely helps with visibility, with signal boosting, and we could we could use that, and we would be ever so grateful. Finally, and as we were kind of thinking about how we can make our podcast different or better or add some bells and whistles, uh, we came up with the idea of episode codas. At least that's what we're calling it right now and probably until the cold bitter end. Uh, So after each episode, including this very episode right now, and after social dumps like this one that's longer than all the other ones will ever be, I promise, uh, we're adding little tidbits of story to help provide context on our homebrew world and also some backgrounds for our characters. So you can expect them every single episode, and if you ever have thoughts about what you'd like us to cover, uh, don't hesitate to offer those suggestions in the exact same places I said you can already contact us through. 
Uh, now we're playing to add things like diary entries, flashbacks, songs, and all sorts of other things. Uh, and that's it. I've rambled on for far too long. Uh, so let me get out of the way. And with one last big thank you uh, for joining our adventures and for listening to us ramble on about all sorts of nonsense. Thank you, everybody. Coda, a letter from Madeline Zeiger to her estranged father. My dearest father, much time has passed since our last correspondence, and in that time I have come to regret the shame my brother and I brought upon you. I cling no longer to futile defenses, except to say we wished a better world not only for our family, but for those we called countrymen. It is only in these years apart that I have come to realize the veracity of your words, that it was ignorance, not malevolence, which drove us, and without your words, painful though they were to hear then, Gabriel and I would have suffered far longer sentencing and a far worse fate. You have no need of my forgiveness, Father. Therefore, in its place, I offer overdue gratitude. I wish that was the extent of the motivation for this missive. But I fear the news this letter brings is far graver, and a part of me perhaps fears what feelings, if any, it will be met with. Father, Gabriel has been taken. The colony has failed. The isolation of so many deviants and dissidents resulted not in unification or reformation, as its architects promised, but in extremism. And when faced with such isolation... When forced to stare into the darkness of the ruin we inhabit, even the most rational among us can be swayed by alluring promises and voices. But it is the whispers, Father, the whispers some find hardest to resist, the lure of what lies beyond the forest, beyond the mountains. I fear it is they who have taken my benevolent brother, your impressionable son. The wardens here have been of little help for what small powers they still wield. They fear what breathes beyond the colony as much as anyone. My sentence complete, they bid me silent or gone. Back to the living lands, but I will not leave without my brother. Gabriel needs you, father. I need you. Please, sir, please come. If the wardens will not be swayed to action by your eloquence, they will be by your purse, for they are such petty creatures. As proof, the one who carries this letter does so only out of bribery and promise of your favor. Father, the sun rarely breaks through the clouds here. I fear the sun-bearer no longer hears my prayer. If she will not answer, I pray you will. Please come. Please bring your forgotten children home. Your devoted daughter, Madeline. <laughs>